just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast, and uh, this podcast is one of those special podcasts where we have a guest, and as I've said before, I don't really want guests from other podcasts or all that stuff. I mean, I'll talk to those folks if we have a situation where we want to. The people I'm truly interested in are, of course, the listeners of this podcast, people of a like mind, people we can actually have a back-and-forth conversation with, and sitting with us by Zoom today is a listener by the name of Mike. Now, Mike, I want to ask you a quick question before we get started. I noticed on your email it said Mikey. Now, I, I've, I've got people that call me Mikey, but it's only a limited group of people. My wife, uh, maybe a brother or sister. I've got some close friends that will call me that, but nobody else. Uh, we're in the same boat. Same us. thing? Yeah. It, and, and I don't know if you, you've encountered this being named Michael, but, um, you know, I, I, I think I told you I was, I'm, I'm a union electrician. And one right. of the jokes that uh, every third son that became an electrician was named Mike. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's just the department I work in, there are five guys named Mike. So, I mean, it's all last names. It doesn't matter if we're holding hands or screaming. At each other. You know, it, it's one of those things. But yeah, I go by Mike. Mike uh everywhere i worked you know i wasn't uh working with my hands like you were it would be a radio station or some job or whatever and somebody would say mike and it would everybody in the place would would light up and be talking yeah yeah it's 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 a blessing and a curse the name mike yeah. i think it i think it has to do with that era that you know, we kind of span an era that era that we were born in i think Again, that was a very popular name at the time. It's still popular. Yeah, well, in that era, it was the most popular. And uh, so anyway, we'll get beyond that. Uh, Now, you're you're in the uh, Midwest. Do you Mm -hmm. feel comfortable saying what city you're from? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm. I was born and raised in Chicago. I now live out there. That was kind of a joke because you've never met anybody who didn't say, yeah, I'm from Chicago. Nobody ever shies away from saying where they're from when they're from Chicago. Oh, there's a, there's, we all have our codes from Chicago, all different ways of finding out when they first started, when, um, Ma Bell got broke up and then all of a sudden all the different, uh, area codes got introduced because cell phones started to get used more and more people got their phone numbers. Um, the area code changed or the added area code. And right. when, when I, when me and my wife would be traveling, you know, you'd meet somebody oh, I'm from Chicago, really, what's your phone number? And all they would have to say is, you know, that their area code, and you could tell them right off the bat, if it wasn't 312, sorry. And then it turned into 312 and 773. And then it turned into another and another. Right. <laughs> right. A lot of younger people don't realize there was a different time. I mean, there was a, there was a point when it was before my time that if you had the same prefix of the number, you just dial the last four numbers right. if you're local. And yeah, and, I'm trying to remember what the exchange was for my aunt, you know, Galewood 775 or whatever, you know. It was, right. Um, 
you, you, you see it. You see it when you watch the old Lucy shows and they give out a number. Yeah. It's yeah. Murray Hill seven two three one six. Yeah, right, and, right. Yeah, but well, I, I, I kind of laugh because there's a meme that's going around right now with uh, Chuck Grassley on the stairs <laughs> of the Senate. You know, in front of a bunch of uniformed young people, they're all you know, ad- not adolescents. They look like older teenagers, probably a high school group. And the meme is asking, "What is Chuck Grassley explaining here?" And my my answer is always, "How to use a party line on a telephone." Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, exactly. That's about all I I can think that Grassley's good for anymore. But, you know. Well, I will say I live in Minneapolis. I've been to Chicago many times. I love that town. That's like uh, that's like going to New York without a lot of the hassles, you know, as far as getting yeah. around Chicago's a great place. I have a nephew that's there and, uh, and, uh, I'm looking forward to going back sometime soon. So, so Mike, or can I call you Mikey, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, uh, uh, what the fuck with the January 6th committee hearings? Uh, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of, uh, anticipation about them. We've now seen four today will be the fifth. Uh, from my opinion, I expected big things from it, and I was not disappointed. In fact, I think it might be bigger than I expected. How about you? I'm, I'm, I agree with you, but what the the one thing that upsets me about them, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, oh, I will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the thing is that. Uh, these need to be on prime. They need to be on during prime time and on all major networks. This, this shit where they're just putting them on at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, noon, whatever. Nobody's watching them. You know, I mean, people are watching, people that want to watch them are watching. They're watching the rerun. Of course, they're getting out of context clips like crazy over the internet, but it's, it's, this is something that should be on at, you know, during prime time hours, just, just the same way that they did the Watergate. You well, know, no, well, actually, now the Watergate hearings were a lot during the day. Not all of them were prime time. Now, the first one that we did uh, with the January 6th was prime time. It got 20 million viewers. And the thing is, is that the, 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 the Republicans looked at that as a negative by going prime time. See, they're just showing off. Typically, these hearings do show up in the, in, during the daytime hours. And I, I thought about that, too. But But the thing is, is... These stories that are coming out, this evidence that's coming out is so, um, so damning and, and, and so compelling, uh, that this stuff is like anything else that comes out in the news. It becomes repeated, repeated. You see it on all the news. You see even Fox News running it and they're having to say, holy shit. So it's not that unusual that they would be during the day. I thought the same. It should be at prime time. Uh, but I think it's going to still have the same impact. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I and just from my personal experience with the with the people I work with, um, and you know, like I said before, I come from a union background. You'd think I'd have more of a um, uh, progressive or even democratic base at work. I do not. The majority of the people that I work with vote Republican. I have to, I listen to these guys about how they, you know, voted for Trump and all this other stuff. But now, obviously, anybody of a sane mind, I'd like to say, that voted for him a second time, you know, they're quiet as a, as a, as a church mouse. They are not making any noise. 
Right, uh, right. You know, those are those are the people that I feel probably are, are are real Republicans, but now they realize, wow, voting the party line sometimes is just stupid. You know. Well, exactly, and and you know, you make a good point here. Uh, people always ask me this, and I have that same question. When you look at people who follow uh, the Trumpian way, uh, it's generally people who are blue collar or maybe less than that that make less money. Uh, and they are the ones that are being damaged by the Republican Party. They are the ones being robbed by the Republican Party, but somehow they still want to follow it. And I think it's more of a, I don't know, it, they like the, they, they feel like, see if I'm, see if we're on the same page here. I think some of these people believe that the government is out to get them at every angle, and that may or may not be true, but that's how they feel. And when they see a guy, a tough guy, alleged tough guy, come along and say, we're going to fight against him, they fall in line lockstep behind them because they need that champion or that hero or that superhero to fight against the evil of the government. I I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I, I cringe when I hear, you know, uh, Trump being referred to as an alleged tough guy. I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you're in agreement that uh, never in his existence would I have ever no. categorized him as tough. Uh, but the, uh, <clears throat> the thing I'm looking at is now we're after the fact. It's all happened. It's shaken out. And I think when I look at the, these, the, the people who got fooled, that's the thing. Um, I can't remember who said this, but it's one of those great quotes. It's, uh, you know, they, they people that get conned or tricked, whatever you want to call it, don't have a problem admitting that they were conned. Right. They get angry because they have to admit that they were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're that, right. That, that's, a, that's a human nature thing. You know what I mean? It, it, it comes down to, you know, and they're going to fight you to prove that they're not dumb you know i i just hear fredo from the godfather you know i'm not dumb i'm smart you know right i was stepped over right you know it, it's like yeah but you got fooled just just admit to being fooled and we'll, we'll move on okay right. yeah i got on but i'm not dumb i'm not calling you dumb but in the back of my head you're, you're a dumb. fucking moron yeah yeah you know. well you know mike you and i and everybody else on this planet have have made wrong decisions uh oh, every have, day have been dumb as fuck the difference between normal people and these people is you learn a lesson you say you say okay i fucked that up because i fucked up many things and to me that ended up it took a while for me to realize it but it became an opportunity everybody's afraid to be wrong even people on our side they refuse to admit they're wrong oh, um God. I make thought... my living by admitting that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, li- literally, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I've had, you know, a seasoned journeyman, you know, master in his craft come up to me and be like, hey, man, you know what? I I, I want to do this, this, and this. And I, and I basically end up explaining to anybody who works for me, look, I try to surround myself with people that are smarter than me so yeah. I can concentrate on something else. You guys can handle this. I can look at moves down the road and if i fuck it up i'm counting on one of you you know giving me an elbow in the in the rib saying hey dumbass it's not gonna work yeah and a normal mature healthy person would do that exactly 
but we're not dealing with normal, pers- uh, yeah. perfectly uh, mature people. Horribly enough, 70 million of them. <laughs> well, you know, and we've talked about that before. Everybody says, well, 70 million voted for him. Uh, that's the problem. Well, I, I disagree that all 70 or 71 million people were Trump humping, died in the wool followers. It's the same reason why 80 million voted for Biden. Right. You know, the amount of them voted against Joe Biden. Trump. Yeah. And the amount of them voted against Joe Biden, et cetera. And, and it's, it's, they're all not, I, I don't mean to classify them or lump them all into one big pile. But Well, I think, know, I think a lot of people who are in the Republican party and the same could be said for the democratic party is that, they just, I mean, there are people that vote Republican because dad voted Republican because grandpa voted Republican. Oh, yeah. grandpa. I mean, that's just what they do. They can't bring themselves to vote for, um, for a Democrat. Now, within that 70 million people, there's about 30% of them that are 30 or 40% that are just Trump humping idiots that you can never change their mind. They're not worth arguing. But like you said, there's a certain faction of people who are now by way of the January 6th committee hearings are seeing how horrible the things that Donald Trump and the Republican party did. Now they have to decide, can I get on board with misogyny, uh, white supremacy with corruption, with criminality? Can I bring myself to that point now that I know what I know? And I can't hide from it anymore. Can I still vote for the Republican Party? And I, I think that's going to open up enough eyes, not all the eyes, but enough eyes to make a difference. I have a lot of faith in the people that are under 25 years old. Right now. Absolutely. I, I honestly think that's that is going to be our, you know, the uh, the line, you know, the silent majority. First off, these kids aren't silent. Secondly, <laughs> they could tell you how the phone works, let alone how to use your phone. Right. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. It's like, you know, we're dealing with a, a different plane. They're using parts of their brain that we didn't even have, let alone knew existed. So well, and I've said before, uh, you might take offense to this, I don't, uh, that the era of the old white man in power should be done. Our, oh, fu- with, our, our futures are, yeah, our futures are the short term. I'm 62 years oh. old. If I got 20 years, that's, that, that's doing pretty well. I think the young kids who are going to be picking up the slack after we're unable to do that should start deciding their own destiny. Absolutely. Old, the era of the old white man has ended. And yeah. I hope it really gets, I mean, again, I, I brought up Chuck Grassley. I can bring up Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and for that matter, Joe Biden. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, these people, you know, they get in, they make their money, they get their power and they don't get forced out. And that's where, you know, the term limits, the salary caps, the age limits. I mean, they'd be voting against their own options, their own uh, incentives. Right. You know, they'll never do it. And and it's damn near impossible to get that on a ballot, you know, for a referendum vote or anything to, to try and cap it. But we have to. Yeah, we have I to. Hope, hope these kids can get something done. I hope we can make enough noise so they listen a little bit, you know. Yeah, people, I, I have a feeling you are in the same same line as this. Uh, uh, 
when I put down the Republicans and I put Donald Trump, people immediately label me a uh, 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 bleeding heart liberal Democrat. And I'm not. I never have been. I, I, you know, the first time I ever voted for president, uh, and I'm ashamed of this, I voted for uh, Ronald Reagan. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And that was the start of the downfall of this country in terms of uh, taxes and that sort of thing. But I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't join clubs. Um, but I'm fighting with the Democrats now to put out a fucking dumpster fire. And if oh, I have God. to, if, you know, <laughs> if I had to fight alongside the Russians to put out that dumpster fire, I would. But once that dumpster fires out and say the Democrats have a lot of power, then I'm going to be in their shit all day because they got a lot of fixing to do. It's just not as bad as the Republicans. Absolutely. I mean, just look at these numbers that are coming through with uh, Lauren Boebert. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, $41 million is her net worth after two years. <laughs> and this bitch and this bitch was almost bankrupt and didn't have a high school diploma before she, she was. Couldn't, she couldn't tell you how many zeros are in a million. No. <laughs> uh, you know. She <laughs> it, 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 it's mind-boggling, but there, therein lays the problem. I mean... Sure. I'm, I'm no, um, you know, sideline office millionaire trader guy. But no. if I was given two to three different insider trading tips and $100,000 to play with, yeah. And, and that's the sick thing. People are, you know, actually engaging with, oh, we got to vote Bobert out. Yes, you do. But here's the thing. It's too late. She's already won. If she's worth $41 million. Right. She won. She disappeared tomorrow. Boom. She got yeah. hers. Good luck on getting yours. You know exactly. And you know the thing is, the reason why Lauren Boebert, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, and all these fucking idiots are still in their seats. I mean, let's be honest. Al Franken got fucked over. He didn't oh, do anything compared to all these fucking clowns. Well, well I, I just I was just listening to um, your last not that the podcast where you were mentioning that with that and. It's it, hands down when he when he left. I remember just saying, you know, screaming at the radio because I was in my truck when I heard about it. Um, saying, whoa, 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 whoa! We have active perverts. You know, Matt Gates is running around. Yeah, and and just by looking at that skeevy motherfucker, you know. Oh yeah, he, he's a weirdo. Yeah, and it's like, but but Al Franken, who I remember from SCTV. Yeah, I remember that long ago. It's like he—he's he, always been a, a a comedian and then a political pundit. And this guy actually makes sense and had points. And the and the thing, he's threatened the Republican Party because off the cuff he could answer them back, get his point across, and shut them the fuck up in two sentences. There are very few politicians today that can do that. No, no. I, and it's amazing to me that that people are so inarticulate and so dumb and not insightful at all. But 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 the most fucked up thing about it, and it goes back to what party do you belong to, is the people that pushed Al Franken out were the fucking mm -hmm. Democrats. They wanted right. him out because yeah, well, they thought it would look the, bad. We have to be, yeah, we have to be the better party. Fuck you. Get down in the trenches. Stop, you know. I love don't Michelle Obama for saying when they go low, we go high. Fuck that. Let's get down there and start kneecapping. Motherfuckers. That's yeah. what needs to be done. 
You know, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Matt Gates is still walking around. Jim Jordan is still walking around. Let's see the photographic evidence hit the goddamn papers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, I don't, you, can, you can tell me, oh, and then he married, you know, he, he marries the girl that he's accused of trafficking. <laughs> well, <laughs> him and every Mormon out there, in my opinion, great. Good for you, buddy. You, you, you just pulled it off uh, the crime of the century, and you're still in, in, in your seat on your father's dime. You know, oh, that guy is just. Well, his, his day is coming. His day is coming because they're, they're getting information from this Joel Greenberg. They put off sentencing for month and month because they're getting more information. Well, he's finally going to be sentenced in July. So that time is coming. And when he gets to the point where he's sentenced, then Matt Gates is in trouble. The interesting thing about that whole Florida, Florida thing, uh, that I don't think people are, are realizing. Now, when they're talking to Joel Greenberg, they know that they're getting information about Matt Gates and it's going to take them down. But they're not just talking about Matt Gates; they're talking about other Florida Republicans. Well, they say that there's the whole circle of, you know, it's that Epstein ripple effect. Who else so, did he have? You know? Yeah, I mean, who else was there? Certainly could yeah. have been Ron DeSantis. Certainly could have been Marco Rubio. It could be some state Republicans too. So. Matt Gates will get taken down, but there's going to be some other fucks out of out of Florida that are, are going to get hit with this. And I think when the DOJ hits them, it's going to be devastating. Let's just hope it's before the midterms. Yeah, the, the infuriating part of it all is that we live in a era of instant information and, you know, justice doesn't work that way. People, you know, have lost their patience, I think, to realize yeah. that, you know, subpoenas and the whole process takes more than five minutes, which is what we want to have happen. But, you know, it'll take six months a year. I mean, just look what, just look at New York State and Trump. You know, it's, it's the same thing. They, yeah. don't, they know they've got him and he knows they've got him and they're, I believe he's already given DNA evidence, but they're not willing to announce it. Oh, you know, really? Yes. Yeah, it happened five or six months ago. He went to New York for a weekend. That's true. And it was it was kind of leaked out that the only reason he would be there is to give a sample. Why yeah. would he need to go to New York? You know, you know, that's got his... yeah. The, one of the problems I have when I do this show and I do the TikToks is I get all the Democrats that come in and they'll say, Oh, nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing ever happened to him. He'll get away free and clear. And, and, and I hate that fatalistic attitude. Like you say, it doesn't happen in five minutes. I honestly believe there are people, Democrats, that thought the moment Joe Biden was, was inaugurated that uh, Donald Trump would be handcuffed and dragged away to jail. Now, maybe that should have happened, but that's just not the way this world works. It just doesn't fucking happen that way. Oh, no. I mean, you got to be patient. You can't be a child. If you've ever been called for jury duty, you, you see how quickly it doesn't work. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to suggest nothing has happened to Donald Trump is, is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, his entire company has been indicted. That's almost a death knell for that company. His CFO has been indicted. He's got a grand jury working against him specifically in Georgia. The January 6th committee has now gotten the DOJ to have a grand jury or two about the insurrection. If that was you or me, that wouldn't be nothing. That's a lot of shit coming down around him. Now, the final decisions haven't been made on everything, but you can bet his life is a fucking mess at this point. 
Well, the other thing, and this is just, you know, prognostication. I'm just looking at the future. I mean, the man is basically holed up in Florida. Yeah. In, 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 a, in, a, in a hotel that the local government has told him is not his place of residence because it's a business. Right. Um, I, I Honestly, I, 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 my opinion is that there are only two outcomes for this particular individual on the planet. He's either going to be dead or he's going to be in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder though, if his cachet is still strong in Russia because he really has no power to do anything and he's losing power every day. You notice, you notice he did go to Saudi Arabia. You notice his, his son-in-law did get uh, uh, $2 billion and you know, Donald Trump's going to have his sniffer in that shit, too. Well, that's, that's, that's it. You just hit the nail on the head. I mean, most people can't conceptualize $5 million in their bank account. $2 billion? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, they're done. You know, again, we're back to that Bobert reference. You know, you got a $2 billion. Now he's got the money. It, it, it's not a matter of if, in my opinion, it's when. And, you know, his... His strength in Russia, it doesn't matter. It could be Chechnya, it could be uh, Lithuania, it could be Hungary at this point. He has different bastards. Turkey would accept him wholeheartedly tomorrow, let alone Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, you know, I, and I think his health is a big issue. By 2024, he'll be the same age as Joe Biden when he went into office. And and while the Republicans would never agree to this, he's in far worse health. And, oh. <laughs> and his cognitive ability is far less than Joe Biden. Now, everybody was screaming, well, he fell off his bike. At least I the motherfucker's on a bike. Yeah. You know, you, what, what, how about a ramp? Could, can, he, can he walk down a ramp? You yeah. know, you know, and then I, to hear like there was a couple snippets of, I don't know if it was Laura Ingram or some other feckless cunt on, on Fox um, saying, you know, Oh, but the, that those ramps are slippery, and he was wearing dress shoes, and yeah, so was so was General Milley, you know, standing <laughs> next to him, thinking to himself, "Oh my God, this is my commander in chief, and I got to help his stinking shit-filled diaper ass down a ramp." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it you know the the stuff is coming, and it's already going badly for Donald Trump. You can see, see that you can see him struggling by these twelve paint rants he puts out. Um, for, because of all the comments he's made, you know, like the one about, I want equal time. Well, he doesn't understand how this fucking world works anymore. Oh, I wish you would a- get that equal time. It would be, oh, I, I, two batches of popcorn for that one. Absolutely. You have to be under oath. You know, it's like, sure, you want equal time, buddy. We will, we'll give you a subpoena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well you know that's that's the thing uh you know when they took him off twitter i thought that was a bad thing because donald trump hurts himself implicates himself every time he opens his mouth we should let that fucker scream and yell all he wants you know and i'm on twitter obviously everybody is um he's still on twitter Essentially. You know, there, are enough, there are enough people that repost his shit off of whatever uh, what, what's the thing that he's on truth social yeah, truth social. So you know, him and Mike Lindell are having a pillow fight, and you know it 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 pops up on on Twitter, and and part of it, part of that, I'm like, okay, great, you know, here he is. That's what he's saying. He's still an idiot. Then the other thing is that, you know, by doing that, you're just you're not helping the situation. You know, um, I think back 20 years ago when 
you, you talked about racism or, uh, or the Ku Klux Klan. Let me go even further back, 35 years ago. And the, the deal with that was, was don't talk about them. You don't want to give them any fuel, any information. And, you know, don't, don't. And it worked. And then the Internet came in, and that's exactly what they needed. They needed that anonymity. And it just exploded because behind the scenes, right? they could have chat groups, they could have legions of networks, and that's what they've done. Uh, right. I.e. fucking Proud Boys, you know, but. It, <laughs> it, you know about the Proud Boys now, though, don't you? I mean, the Proud Boys are all being implicated and, and, and indicted for seditious conspiracy. Even the the leader of the uh, conspiracy. uh yeah. Uh, leader yeah, of the but, Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, he's saying, yeah. oh, I'm in jail now. This is serious. Finally, he's gotten it. He goes, I'll talk. I'll talk. And when he starts talking, that's going to be a problem. Well, that's, that's, they're all going to talk. Yeah. You know, there isn't, I mean, you look at, short of, um, you know, psychopathy and the Ted Bundy's of the fucking world, the John Gacy, any, any, any criminal, you twist the thumbscrews on them, they're going to talk, especially you know, the way that, you know, any lawyer doesn't ask a question he doesn't know the answer to. It's the same right. way with the Department of Justice or, or a prosecuting attorney. That's why that this, the committee is being so effective. They know exactly what the answer is going to be. You right, know, right. They, they, they tee them up and, you know, let them hit their own ball. Did you so, hear uh, that? Did you hear this recent revelation? You know, Bo, Mo Brooks, who was a Trump humping, stupid yeah. piece of shit, part he of the insurrection. Lost, didn't he lose his seat or something? Well, yeah, he was. He just had a primary. Uh, and, of course, Donald Trump no longer endorses him for whatever reason. And uh, he lost the primary, so he will not run for office in November. He will not be reelected to his office. So this is what he does. This came out yesterday. He's retiring from politics. <laughs> and he says, I'm willing to testify in front of the J6 committee only if it's live on television. This fucker is pissed and he's going to talk some shit. Well, there's that or he's going to lie and just try to spread some propaganda. Because I you know, But he's been left hanging high and dry by the Republicans and by Donald Trump. There's no he has no value in lying and supporting the Republicans anymore. Here's a guy that's mad. He's been hung out to dry, now forgotten. If he wants any kind of revel relevance at all, he's got to do something shocking and to say that Donald Trump is his lord and savior ain't isn't gonna work anymore. Of course. But you don't know now that being said, what the fuck is holding people like Kevin McCarthy to? You know, it's the same thing, but he's just he still has his seat. He wants to be Speaker of the House, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, they've got you, buddy. They've got you being pro, you know, for it and against it on tape within 24 hours of it ha of January 6th happening. And then later on, after you had your come to Jesus moment, you went down and visited the twice impeached former president at his hotel room. <laughs> And then you came back and, and was in complete support of him. Well, so, I, even if he survives all this stuff, there's no way his party's going to make him Speaker of the House because of the immense fuck-up he's done with this J6 committee. The fact that he took his ball and went home and didn't participate, and hopefully oh, it would go oh. away, he, it's an immense fuck-up, and he's not going to be Speaker of the House. There's just no way. You say that, but, you know. <laughs> it's just a news cycle. Yeah, I know. You know. Next week, next week, it's all changed. It, yeah. it, 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 
it's really hard. Well, and I think it's that's what they're trying to do with the January 6th committee. They're trying to control the narrative. And every time things start fading out about the last one, here comes another one. Right. And and now we found out, and I've said this before, yeah, they said June 8, 8 uh, hearings. Now they're extending it into July. And I wouldn't be surprised if they extended it into August. And then they're going to do the final presentation in September. They've got this figured out. They've got it timed out so that it's going to have the most impact uh, during the midterms. We are at the point where we're going to take a break, Mike. Uh, let's just take a quick break and we will be right back on every show. I tell you that if you have questions, comments, or complaints, just reach out to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Those emails come directly to me and your input is crucial to this show. The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that's not to suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I am not. I am simply a Rational Boomer. All of you are Rational Boomers. Anybody of a like mind is a Rational Boomer. Strength comes in numbers and not through an individual. You have perceptions and insights that may have never occurred to me. This isn't a show about me. This is a show about us and gaining a voice in this country. There's 70 million baby boomers in this country. Yeah, I know the younger folks would prefer to push us aside. Every generation has done that. But we are a formidable force if we can get together and speak in one voice. This is why I encourage you to let your friends and family know about the Rational Boomer podcast, not to satisfy my ego, but to give us more power, a stronger voice to help right this ship we call the United States of America. Lastly, I'm offering the opportunity for my listeners to be on the show. Now, it could be two minutes, it could be a half hour, it could be the whole fucking show. I'd much rather have you on the show than somebody pimping a podcast or a book. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you know. The Rational Boomer Podcast is all about us. All right, we are back, and we've got plenty of things to talk about. I've got listener Mike from Chicago, who's on the show today. And, uh, you know, Mike, uh, there's... When I first talked about talking to listeners on the air, I got a lot of people coming in and a lot of people coming on, uh, but that's kind of tailed off now. So we, I want to promote that more because I've had very good luck talking to listeners. People thought it was crazy. Some people have come to me and say, what a genius idea to have listeners on. And it's not a new idea. It's not a genius idea. I spent years working in talk radio. Where, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, have you ever turned the radio on? Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. I guess it's different than what what they do with podcasts and 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 in doing this podcast, I try to do it differently. Um, too many people who have worked in radio want to make this a radio show, and my contention is, if you want to learn, listen to a radio show, fucking turn on the radio. If you want to yeah. listen to a podcast that's a little more uh, casual and a little more intimate. Uh, basically eavesdropping on a conversation between a couple of people. This is the place to be. And I, I, for me, it's more entertaining to listen to as well as, as, as doing now. Well, plus you get to pick your interest. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I mean, that's, that's uh, my, my thing with podcasting. My sister and I have discussed ad nauseum about starting different podcasts. Yeah. It, it's just, it is what it is. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun format, you know? It is a fun format. And I, you know, I think anybody could really do it. Uh, I, you know, back when podcasts first came out being a radio guy, I thought, well, that's cool. I'm going to do some podcasts. And I did four or five podcasts, nothing like this, but I did four or five podcasts. But back in the day, nobody was listening to podcasts. 
So I was doing it. I was trying to work. I was trying to feed my family. And after doing it for about a year, I said, I I can't do this. But I knew when it first came about that at some point it was going to be mainstream and that would ultimately overtake real terrestrial radio. And and I think if it hasn't done that yet, it's very close to doing that. And uh, I'm all for it. You know, I think when people like you and I can come in and have some impact on what's going on in the news, we can we can maybe keep the networks who I don't trust on either side, um, try to keep them a little more honest. No, it's that, uh, you know, the network news is not. No, it's barely news. You know, that old uh, the Eagles, you know, she'll tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, those, the days of Walter Cronkite and Fahey Flynn and that whole crew, that's gone. It, 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 yeah, you know, people, younger people would, would, would maybe say, oh, we're just looking at the glory years. But the fact of the matter is um, journalism is very specific. Give you the information, give you the opportunity to choose what you think. None of that exists anymore. On the left side, on the right side, there's very Reagan few places. Yeah. Reagan yeah. took care of that with the equal time um, the fairness doctrine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm still old enough to remember when you would watch the news and there'd be a rebuttal to the editorial. Right. You know? Right. So it's exactly. like you can read the paper and you read the paper and there's editorials and you're lucky if there's a write in rebuttal. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and basically now it, it ends up being Twitter wars or Instagram right. wars or whatever. And, and at that point, you've got people coming out of the blue. They could be crazy. They could be intelligent. You don't know. And, and that's the, and as far as I'm concerned, I think that's where the divisiveness in this country comes from uh, because everybody's watching different sources and every source is given a different story. So nobody really knows what the facts are. And that could be the left or the right. And that, that is troubling. I don't, that's one thing we need to fix. And I don't know how we fix that. I saw a promoted TikTok, so basically a commercial, and it was three young guys, and they were promoting the fact that they were, I don't even remember what the name of their little thing was, but it was, we're just giving the facts. We will just give the news. We won't give any um, spin. We won't give any opinion. We're just going to report the news, and we've been doing it for X amount of months. Now it's during the years, and people are following me. And, And the first thing I think of is, yeah, until, until, until you 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 know you change the inflection in your voice when you're giving the facts, you know, and, and really that that divisiveness it's always been there, and I think the as as we age as a country, not as people, right. the, the more. Um, diverse immigration that happens in the United States, which is the most important part, in my opinion, to this, this uh, experiment. Um, the more that happens, the better we get. And, and the more it roots out that old white man syndrome. You know, yeah. uh, I can't remember which sports pundit it was. And he's, you see him everywhere right now on this clip. You know, old white men are the only people that, didn't have to rely on the Constitution to get rights. They, their rights were written down. Right. Everybody else has to fight for those for the same rights. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And people don't don't appreciate that. No. You know, 
I, the, the whole thing with, with the media being tainted with money and whatever, there is a, a TikToker. You probably know who he is. You've probably seen him a million times. I like the guy. He does a good job. He's, 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 he's of our vintage and he kind of talks like me, he swears and stuff. He comes from a different perspective, a different part of the country. And he was doing a good job and he had a, he has a pretty good following too. I think I have more of a following than he does, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but somehow Midas touch reached out to him. Oh, Paul, Texas Paul. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but now that you did, yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's already out there. What we're doing is helping him out. Anyway, so well, they reached out to him. They reached out to him. And I don't know if they pay him or whatever. And now, I don't have a problem with his message. I don't have a problem with Midas Touch's message. I like Midas Touch. So it's mm-hmm. a good pairing in that sense. But what what happens when that occurs, then everything changes. I mean, we oh, see that. definitely a shift. Oh, absolutely. He's now he's crossed the line. He's now right. on that side. <clears throat> right. Now, now he's. Now, instead of walking down the street saying those motherfuckers that, you know, instead of doing that, he's sitting in a chair and he's going, this is Paul. And yeah. I want you to check Midas touch. And to me, that's selling out. Even if you're selling out to the right people, I don't want to watch Paul or anybody else because of what Midas touch tells him to do. I want to hear what Paul has to fucking say. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between, you know, I'll listen to him on TikTok. I don't go and follow Midas touch to listen to TikTok. You know what I mean? I, I, I'll listen to Midas Touch to hear Midas Touch. It's just like I'll listen to James Carville to hear James Carville. Right. You know, it's, it's, he'll have guests on, and sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're so deeply steeped in that political realm that he's in. It is what it is. And it's just like, oh, that's great. You were pushing this from the get-go. You know, I, I didn't need I'm, – I'm hoping to hear a, a kernel of truth, you know. Right. Well, people have said that to me. They said, you should be on the radio. I go, well, I was on the radio for 40 years. I don't want to go back on the radio. Been there, done that. Or maybe, you know, maybe you should do something on CNN or whatever. And the fact of the matter is, is I'm at a point in my life where I, I'm not immensely wealthy, but I'm comfortable. I don't need the money. I think what's going to happen to this country is more important than any profit I might turn on something. So if somebody like CNN or MSNBC or, or Midas Touch came to me and said, I want to give you money to do what you're doing, even if they told me that I could do whatever I want. I've been in this business long enough. There's always a fucking suit behind you saying, ah, you can't say that. Or maybe you should say it like this. And and I won't tolerate that. If my, my family will tell you, you can't tell this guy shit. He is just going to do what he does. And, 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 you know, by doing the TikToks and the podcast, maybe I could have a bigger audience being doing something different, but I don't give a fuck. That's not why I'm yeah. doing it. I'm not doing yeah, it for money. I'm trying to get the truth across. It's the motivation. The motivation has nothing to do with, you know, I'm, I'm getting close to where you're at. I mean, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. If I lost my job tomorrow, I, I'm really not worried. Right. But the thing is, it's it's um, you want to you want me to push my view through your filter? Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to have to get me to your view. I'm not going to use your filter. Yeah. Right. And don't and don't expect don't expect me to um, uh, to promote your product through me. Now that said, and I want to be upfront about this. If somebody came to me and said, 
I want to do a, uh, I want I want you to do like a commercial at the midpoint on the podcast. You know, it's I just different. Yeah. It's, I, I would do it as long as it's something I like, something I use. Yeah. And there's a few things in my mind that I would do, but I'm not doing this for money. Uh, you know, and it's not even yeah. about the money. It's about ego. If somebody comes to you and says, oh, we think you're great. Why don't you do this for us? Well, that's a, that's a bad choice right there because I've been there and it always goes badly. You know, that, that, that plays back to your um, background in sales. You understand that you know you're not gonna you're not gonna push a product that you don't. No, hell no, hell no. Yeah. Why would you? You know, and I'm but, not saying you know I I know that sales you or distribution whatever. I don't even know what to fucking call it either. I just yeah, it, it was a hustle I, that I got into because I needed to. Yeah, and and everybody does things. I mean uh, that's how me and my wife met. We were bartenders. Oh, you know, okay. Thirty years ago. You yeah. Okay. So it's like. Sales, talking to people, listening to people, knowing how to, you know, just read the room, read the people. Yeah, you got to be able to do that to communicate with people. And if they want to get you to be on their side, sure, to a point. I'm a human being, but uh, you're not going to change my mind once it's made up. Right. Or, or uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not. You, I'm, I'm not saying that I can't change my mind. You, you got to make a. You, you got to convince me. Or, you know, show me, show me that I'm wrong. And I'm not, again, where it gets back to, I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. Show me I'm wrong. You know? Yeah. People always say, you don't think you're ever wrong. I said, I've been married for 38 years. I'm wrong every fucking day. And my wife points it out. So I'm had, very accustomed to being wrong. I had a, uh, this is 25 years ago. A friend of mine now, he was uh, the big IT guy, but he lived up in Maine. And mm-hmm. Subsequently, he also uh, grew certain plants that at the time were illegal. Oh, okay. He was one of the larger producers in that part of the world. And I have, we were down in the Caribbean, and I was where I met him. And Ironically. Had, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other chapter. But one of the first things, you know, he's been, he had been married since he was like 18, you know, high school sweetheart. They got pregnant. He didn't even think twice, put a ring on her finger. This is my, this is my partner for the rest of my life. And they lived happily ever after. But the first thing he said about that conversation we were just having is like, you know what the, the, the first answer in an argument to your wife is? I'm sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Start with that. Absolutely. And you know what? Everything, everything turns out better. You know what? I'm sorry. I I tell people this, what I've learned about arguing with my wife, if I get in an argument with my wife and I'm wrong and I just lose, it's a little heated for a bit and then it goes away. But then if I feel, feel a little bucky about it and I know I'm right and I fight it and I, and I start to win the fight, then what happens is we transform back to the 80s and work our way back to every crime I've ever fucking committed. She will not let go of it until she feels like she's won. And 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 you're right about the I'm sorry thing. <laughs> You'll get to the end of the conversation or the argument and she'll say, you can't even say you're sorry. And I'll say, okay, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't have to tell you. Why did I have to tell you to say you're sorry? I said, so saying I'm sorry doesn't count now. 
Well, I shouldn't have to tell you. So your advice of starting out leading with I'm sorry is fucking brilliant. And and and, and it's sad that at 62 years old at 62 years old, credit. I just got that revelation. <laughs> hey, Todd, wherever you are, brother, thank you. Uh it's it's one of those things that I'm pretty sure has kept me alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I I I I I always I always tell people that uh, when it got heated, when we were younger, back in the days when I had more testosterone, uh, my wife <laughs> said to me one time, "You know, you got to sleep eventually." <laughs> exactly. I get Precisely. it. Precisely. I get it. <laughs> let, let, let Let's talk about some about what's going on, and we, this is one thing we talked about beforehand. We all know the story now. Uh, from the January 6th committee and this uh, this quote-unquote hero, Rusty Bowers, who no. was the uh, who was the uh, Speaker of the House in Arizona, who stood up there and, and, and told the, the story. The original Oath Keeper, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and it's a pun I, I, I meant to be, you know. Yeah, I no, took an oath and this and that, but here he turns around, you know, and I, I feel for the man. I mean, you know, ah, they attacked his, his daughter that was actively dying she was sick yeah she's dead now yeah yeah oh oh the humanity involved in that and 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 him holding true to his word and 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 standing up and you know even the little jokes and smirks during during it you know that they laughed at giuliani which you know shocking that anybody would laugh at that troll of a man um but then to have him come out and tell the world that you know well if Trump runs in 2024, I'd vote for him again. Yeah, I mean, how? what kind of illness is that? A guy uh, tried to put you in a position to break the law, to go against the Constitution and the oath, and granted, you didn't do it, but this guy was pushing you to do it, and you have the temerity to say, yeah, I'd vote for him again. That's fucking crazy. And, and you know, granted, the Secretary of State of, of Arizona, which Speaker sure, of the House. Speaker I, of the House. Okay, sorry. I'm sure holds whatever power that has endowed him, and you know whatever. Uh, but at his subsequent age, at his place in the world, what 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 could it possibly be giving? I mean, yeah, yeah let it go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You know, as much as he may have seemed like a hero in that in that meeting you got to remember arizona is the place where he's in the house where the senate is the one that hired the cyber ninjas to do the audit about this big steal found nothing and they're still on the hook for fines every day because they have not yet delivered any kind of uh documentation about what they did and got paid all that money for my my dad retired to the phoenix area since past but he uh, I I could tell when he moved down there that you know he was running from the cold. I mean, you know, right. every bone in his body hurt. You know how it is, and, and it's, everything changed. He had a great time, but I could tell every now and then we we would just be just gloss on politics, and he'd become quiet because he was used to just shutting the fuck up around the people that he knew in that state. You know, yeah, <laughs> and you know they're they're. It's a broad spectrum of people, you know, especially when you get, you know, south of Phoenix. It's um, it's amazing to me to see just we're back to that old white man syndrome. Down there. 
And right. it's just a matter of time. It's, it's, it's going to happen a blink of an eye down there where uh, enough of the younger people that are completely diversified are going to take over that state and just turn all this stuff around. Right. You know, and you can tell me about young Republicans all you want. Every time I meet one, they're as hypocritical as the old one. So, right. it's like, you know, well, you're going to get caught. Kid. Well, and that's the thing is this this turn in the country uh, as the old white men die off is inevitable. And it's not that far off. And I think a lot of the old white men or the Republicans are seeing this as well. And right now they're in panic mode and they're in in, uh, uh, you know, they're they're doing whatever they can to survive. Well, and they're they, scrapping and scrambling and doing whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they've taken it to the next level because that's all they got. The, the great replacement theory, theory? <laughs> you know, uh, well, I, I, I'm laughing with you, but I'm also, you know, vehemently aching because people got killed due to this bullshit, yeah. you know, yeah, innocent yeah. people that had nothing to do with, it. you know, whether they voted or not, you know. Right. It, you know, somebody once said to me, and I talked about this with Ed, somebody once said, aren't you concerned if white people become uh, become the minority? I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. I mean, I, I told the guy, I said, I'm not fearful because I've never treated people of color any differently than I treat anybody else. I have nothing to fear from people of color. Now, the fact that you're worried about tells me a little something of how you may have treated them because you're worried about retribution. And you know what? You may fucking deserve retribution. Yeah. I live in a pretty um, predominantly white neighborhood, let alone city. And there's, there are a couple of families of color that have moved in. And when I see these little kids ride their bikes past my house, it just makes me happy. Yeah. You know? It makes me happy too. It makes me, anytime I see a little kid, I, any, I, I have a granddaughter that's two, a grandson that's, that's 10. And I love little kids. I, I, I tell sure. my grandkids, this is the order of people I like. I like kids. I like dogs and then like fifth, I like adults oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, I can, you know, whether it's a little Hispanic or, or, or any, it doesn't yeah. matter what they're fucking kids. I love kids. Sure. And, and so um, <laughs> it's really appalling seeing that that's still part of this country. You would think that after the sixties and the seventies, that that had been all washed away, but like you said, it it, it was it, always it, there. It's just the it, internet and Donald Trump making it okay to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And it's changing. And, and, and people see it for what it is. Yeah. At least, you know, I feel they do. <laughs> well, you, you, you mentioned too, when we were off the, off the air, not really the air, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, about Jenny Thomas, and that's one of my favorite topics. Jenny Thomas oh, is an absolute fucking nutcase. From, and from, from before January 6th, we knew she was involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, somebody said, well, she paid for the buses uh, to come up yeah. from wherever they come up from. And everybody said, that's exactly. not true. That's just a rumor. And now these emails come out. Receipt. That said, the receipt. 
the email comes out. She says, yeah, send me a Venmo request and I'll send you the money. So she did pay for the fucking buses. And, and this, this leads into, you know, yeah. Okay. Her past, she was a member of a cult. She's damaged goods. I mean, for Christ's sake, she married Clarice Thomas. That alone tells you she's damaged goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That guy being on the court, I mean, it's a travesty. Then, 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 then his corrupt ass going through the procedures of the court while this was all going on. He's ruling on things that she is politically active in. Yeah. If there isn't a cause for refusal, I don't know what, what else there could be. And I have a really, really bad feeling that at the end of the day, they're going to pull out the old clause of, well, you can't be forced to testify against your spouse. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. You know, you know oh. what really I found appalling after all this is going on for as long as there have been a Supreme Court, then we hear people say, well, you know, maybe the Supreme Court should have a code of ethics. You don't yeah. have one right fucking now. It's just coming no. to you now. Well, think about it. This is it. These are the decision makers. These are the grand poobahs of the, of the judicial branch of our government, which, by the way, has just been torn apart thanks to the federalist society and the, yeah. uh, you know people that are being you know made made judges without ever you know <laughs> serving on a trial and now we have one on the court right. you know amy coney bryant you know uh his, those three picks i mean one of them i'll give you the other two kavanaugh and bryant and, and she belongs to some weirdo, you know, secret sect of the Catholic Church, but not, you know. Right. It, it, you know, Gorsuch. The whole thing is always, is, I, I was raised a Catholic. I was an altar boy, for Christ's sake. And I'm, I'm, I'm a firm atheist to this day now. Right. And I look at this, and I have nothing but respect for people that are religious. Hey, man, I'll gladly fight to the death for your right to believe or not believe in anything. Don't don't try to convince me of that. Right, exactly. Well, Gorsuch was the first appointee, and right. and he's you know he's a little right wingy and stuff, but he's he's tolerable. He was a reasonable choice for the Supreme Court. Uh, right. Kav- Kavanaugh, uh, Amy Coney Barry, just fucking wackos, and and then he throw in Clarence Thomas. Thomas has been there a long time. He's the longest standing Supreme Court justice at this point, and this and guy is tainted. He's getting a voice. And just now he's opening his mouth. You didn't hear a peep from him. No, you didn't. Until, until Trump got in. Right. Not a fucking word. He was always the silent person on the judge. And I, and I got to tell you, I'm sure it was Alito just looking at him being like, keep your fucking mouth shut. Right, right, you're, right. You're here because of me. Keep your mouth shut. You well, got you, your spot, you know? Well, you know, the thing that's interesting is that Ginny uh, Thomas, who is – verifiably a fucking nutcase. But prior to the January 6th uh, insurrection, she was in and out of the White House. She was having meetings with everybody on the staff, including Donald Trump. Well, who the fuck is she? She's nobody. His whole staff would like, you know, humor her like a drunk at the bar. And then she'd she'd go through whatever process it took and she'd get into the Oval Office and get Trump's ear. And then Trump would fall lockstep into what she was playing and would just berate his own staff. But we got to take care of this. Right. Got to right. take care of this. And that's where it's, 
it's that fine line of, you know, corruption, insanity, and, you know, what, what's being blackmailed here. Well, she'd go in there thinking she was powerful because her husband was, was was Supreme court justice. And that right there is a crime in the sense that you're trying to use that power of the government to get what you want. The only problem is he, she'd go into the white house and Donald Trump is so stupid thinking that, well, we need a Supreme court justice on our side. So we'll just give her her head and let her do whatever the fuck she wants. And then the perceived power that she had became real power. So Ginny Thomas had power in our government leading up to January 6th. And that is a fucking travesty. Yeah. And it, it, you know, you speak of Trump's stupidity. Um, just to, if we were ever to be able to hear the tape phone conversation, because he was smart enough to do things like meet with Russian officials and ha- take the, the notes of the translators have nobody there to record anything. I mean, he, 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 he was handled properly because he yeah. definitely has several handlers to this day. Right. Um, but if just the actual phone ramp come out, I mean, they, they talked about him speaking with Pence in the Oval Office over the phone and, uh, and the exchange getting heated within five minutes, you know, um, God, I want to hear that. Thing. I, yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear the tape too. And, and the fact that he called Pence uh, a wimp and a pussy, that's not inaccurate. Yeah. That's not inaccurate, oh, no. but that's not how you expect your man, president to talk to the VP. The man calls his wife mother. I mean, you know, you know how <laughs> creepy that is. I mean, that tells you, I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, you take one look at a guy like Pence and what he's done and how hyper-religious his past has been when he was the governor of, of Indiana, which, yeah. you know, is where, Chicago gets all its weaponry. Yeah. Um, the man, um, he he he's not whatever what he portrays himself to be. No, I'm no. sure he's a heavily closeted something. I, I, and I'm not <laughs> sexually. I, I'm talking. You know, he may just you know like the way Jello Jello wiggles and, and that yeah. gets him off. But you know, as long as it's shaped. In, in the in the shape of a crucifix, he's all over it. Right. You know, right. Well, the way you can, he, the, the you way can look he, at the way that he proposed to his wife with this loaf of bread <laughs> and that whole fucking thing. I'm just like, you you couldn't just hand the girl a ring and ask her to marry you. You had to fucking get really fucking weird. You know. <laughs> you look at Mike Pence and you know you know there's something else going on behind it. And I've said this before. I say the more overtly religious somebody is, it ends up always being the more despicable they fucking are. Oh, oh, absolutely. The, the hypocrisy just gets deeper and deeper. I mean, I have friends now that claim to be religious, and I grew up with them. I know who they fucking are. I know the shit they did, and I know it's no different now. They're just putting on this facade to pass in public. But it's not just a pass. It's to make people think that he's holier than thou, that he's special, because this oh, is the narcissistic way of bringing people into him, making them believe. It's the, whole, it's the whole point of somebody professing their faith to you is to tell you that they're better than you until you agree with them. You know what I mean? That's really what that whole nugget's about. Well, that's, the, you know, that's exactly it. And, and, you know, the Republican Party has kind of taken on that tack. 
Oh, absolutely. much like the real religious people. If you're not with us, you're against us. And yeah, and- well, uh, that that lovely non-corrupt Supreme Court just passed that shit in Maine. Now we now our tax dollars go to you know private school, religious private school. Yeah, you know, it it, it is definitely a tax, and it's and it's working for them, but it's not working in the way that I think they are because, like I said, you know that 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 demographic of 30 and under, let alone 35 and under religion. Eh, they ain't buying it. Nah, not so much. You know, no. uh, the Catholic church is about to disappear. You know? Yeah. They, they, they've got some problems. I want their property. I want, I want to see what's in those vaults, you know, what they did to the, the first nations in this country alone, let alone Canada, you know, it, it, it's mind boggling what, what they did under the guise of religion. Well, I, I know some people who are, are Catholics. They might not be heavily practicing Catholics, but they lean to the right, as you might expect. And they went to the Vatican. And when they came back from seeing the Vatican, they were absolutely appalled by the, the gross amount of wealth, the commercialization, and, and, and nothing more so than anything religious about it. And, and that's that's always been my problem with, with religions and uh, political parties. They are run by humans who are fallible. And once they get power and money, they just want more. So whatever well, happens in these clubs becomes tainted. I, I, uh, in the, in the dubious honor of trying to say, um, uh, trying to be non-identified, trying to be an, <laughs> I, uh, like I said earlier, I said I was an altar boy, and that nothing ever happened to me per se with that whole priest, altar boy, petty fingers, pedophilia shit. But um, I, I had the, um, the the luck of being born into a white middle class family in the city of Chicago. Um, good Catholic, good Irish Catholic. There were six kids in my family, or are six kids in my family. And as an altar boy, I went to. Um, private Catholic school at the okay so in the Catholic religion there's the cathedral which is where the bishop would cardinal and the bishop would that's his church yeah the next church down would be called the basilica which in case the cathedral's fucked up (laughs) you move over to the basilica and it's just as ornate Um, the altar at my church Every piece of stone and marble came from Italy. Um, in the back, where nobody in the sacristy, where people really don't see, but that's where, like, the altar boys and the priests, they get their game ready before they go out on stage. Um, you know, there was a walk-in vault where they kept all the priests' different chalices. Every one of these motherfuckers were solid gold and crusted yeah. with jewels. Yeah. Um, the amount of money. You know, all the priests, they drove Cadillacs. Right, right. You know, 70s, you know, they drove Cadillacs. You know, my mom was driving a, you know, a Ford station wagon with 100,000 miles on it. Right. Dragging our asses to church every week. But, you know, thanks. You know, yeah, it's an eye opener. When you really delve into the Catholic Church and the, the, the money that they show, it's it's kind of like the Smithsonian. It's ten percent of or the Louvre. Ten percent of what they have is on display. Everything else is is in the vault downstairs. You know, 
Yeah. You can only imagine what kind of the, the, the library, the artifacts that are right. hidden in the Vatican would probably be mind-boggling. I, uh, Mike, I, we're, we're coming close to the end here, but I've got a sure. fucked up question that I couldn't ask on terrestrial radio or the networks or Midas Touch for that matter. <laughs> but it's just my weak attempt at a joke. <laughs> now, you're a man of a certain age and you were uh, 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 an altar boy, correct? Sure, yeah. And with all the talk about all the things and all the, all the, uh, um, the sexual misconduct by the Catholic Church. I mean, it's immense. It's thousands, it's tens of thousands of people involved in it this ha- stuff. Yeah, it, ha- it happens. Now, <laughs> this is kind of fucked up. Uh, but okay. I've said this to somebody else before, and they kind of looked at me and go, that's fucked up. All the years you were an altar boy, the fact that you were never touched by any priest is a great thing. But do you feel some insecurities that you weren't attracted enough, attractive Absolutely. enough? Absolutely. I was, I was a fat kid. I was, I was a fat kid. The other thing was, um, like I said, I came from a family of six. There were five boys in my family. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I can honestly say between me and my older brother, I've threatened the life of many people over the over someone looking sideways in any of my siblings. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I come from that era where it was like, you know, yeah, we beat the fuck out of each other when we were kids. Where there was nobody, you know, little old ladies down the block could grab you by the ear, slap you on the ass, and drag you home to your mom, and you'd beat your butt kid. Right, you know? right, so right, exactly. That era of, oh, little Johnny participated in making snacks for the soccer team, so he gets a trophy. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, no, but that's your joke, though, yeah. The insecurity I feel for that getting hit on by Father Mulcahy, he can't get out. You've gotten over it. But, yeah. you, know, you know, the thing is, the whole thing with that pedophilia and, 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 and kids being abused, that was just as rampant in the 70s and the 60s as it is now. But oh, it was more it just It just wasn't talked about. The whole history of the Catholic Church, when you really look at it, it was built on it. The, the, the misogynation of, you know, you look at the way now, you know, remember, I grew up in a, in, you know, I went to private school with a basilica with this big church attached to it with all this money. And, you know, the nuns were the teachers. Right. So there was a rectory, which is where the priests lived, and there was a convent where the nuns lived. The difference in those two buildings, in the way they lived, you go over and you go stop by the, 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 the rectory where the priests live, there's a fucking wet bar and, and cast <laughs> a kegerate. Okay? Plus, you know, this is back in the day when, you know, if you didn't have a cigarette hanging out of your mouth, you know, you weren't breathing oxygen. You weren't cool. And, yeah. And, um, you know, these guys are wandering around, you know, and they had the church ladies that would come into the, they, they had housekeepers, basically. You know, cook, clean, you know, they're eating every day. You go over to the convent to like, for whatever, to drop something off or lift something heavy for a nun. And they literally lived in cells, which right. were just, you know, it was a room with very, you know, you'd be lucky to have a picture of their family somewhere in this room right. with a table, a chair, a kneeler, and a bed. That's it. And, you know, at eight o'clock, they got up every day. They said their prayers. They had their breakfast. I remember when I was an apprentice electrician having to go and work in a convent not too far from where I grew up 
And um, I bumped into the principal that ran my school. She had retired. This is where they sent all the nuns when they retired. And it was the same shit. This was the freaking late 90s. Oh, it, was the, it was the early 2000s. Yeah. And we were installing air conditioning <laughs> for the first in time, multi-million dollar building for the first time, you know, <laughs> that might explain Now I grew up Lutheran and I had friends that were Catholics and, and I knew them about going to Catholic schools and nuns and stuff like that. And I always heard the stories that the, 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 the nuns were fucking crazy, mean bitches. And that oh, might explain why they were, I, I I'm going to just, I'm, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but I'm going to tell yeah. you this story that a friend of mine who went to Catholic school, I grew up with this kid and I've heard the story from a few people. So it's third grade in this Catholic class. It's summer. The windows are open. The nun is not in the room as yet. And one of the wild card kids, the rebel kids goes over and takes his book. They're on the third floor, takes his books and dumps them out the window. Okay. The nun comes in and finds out what he does. And she's in his shit, wraps his hand with a ruler and stuff. (laughs) And she says, now you're going to have to go get those books. And after a little while, he caves in and he starts walking for the door. And And the nun says, where are you going? And she says, I'm going to get the books. He goes, oh, no, you're going out the same way you sent those fucking books. Now, this was a this was a bigger nun. She yeah. was a bigger lady. So they sure. he, she walks him over to the window, literally grabs him by the ankles and hangs him out the window like a mafia boss. And this kid is shitting his pants. He's pissing his pants. And everybody in the classroom is going, oh, shit. <laughs> So she finally pulls him back in and sits him down. I go, so what happened? He goes, well, nobody threw books out the window again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made, she got her point across. She she definitely did. She definitely did. Well, well, Mike, we're we're running a little long, but there is no such thing as long on this show because, as I've said, it's my show. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. I have no suit telling me what to do. My wife is gone, so I got nobody telling me what to do. <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming in, and and I just want to do a little promotion. Like I said, we haven't had as many people wanting to be on the show because it's you know, unless it's in front of your face, you don't you don't think about it, but now your experience being on the rational boomer podcast, pretty easy, right? Oh, piece of cake, piece of cake. It's just you and I talking and then people listen. We might, like you said, we might as well be sitting at a bar having a beer, but you know, the wonderful thing about it, you and I can do this podcast and people will, will listen to it. Seriously. Listen to it. Now, when you and I go back to our families and say the same shit, nobody's fucking listening to anything. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So this is, Shut up and pass the peace. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it immensely. And if you want to come back at some point, don't hesitate. Things uh, went well. As people always said, oh, this is going to be a shit show if you have have listeners on. I go, no, every one of them's been one of my better shows, so I'm fucking welcoming it. I have to work half as hard, and the shows are better. What do I have to lose in this situation? That's awesome. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, keep up. Keep up the podcast. I love them. Uh, it's always good to hear uh, a similar point of view. And uh, do me a favor. Say hi to your buddy from Tennessee there. Right. Oh, Eddie? Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. had that for me. You know, I'm going to try to have one on uh, with, have a listener on with Eddie and I. Because Eddie's a really interesting dude. Uh, he, sounds, he sounds interesting. He is. He's, he's very well spoken. He's way more liberal than I am. And uh, I worked with him for many years. 
And, and, and somebody wrote me an email, a couple of stories he brought up, personal stories about being around Yoko Ono and having dinner with Ansel Adams. I never heard those stories. So yeah. you bet we're going to talk about that the next time Ed's on, probably tomorrow. Great. All right. All right. Well, thanks again. You have a All good day. You too. Keep up the good fight. Thanks, Mike, for joining me on the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you all have a great day and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.